Uh, and we are going to uh, discuss a very important subject today, a timely subject regarding Spiros HaOmer and to try to delve into some of the machshava behind Spiros HaOmer that emanates from the lambdas of Spiros HaOmer. And to get a little bit of an insight into the power of these days, aside from just uh, leading up to Kabbal Satayra, but they, they seem to have an added dimension to them, <clears throat> as we are about to discover. Um, we're going to try to make the Marmakayma uh, a little bigger. Here we go. Okay, beautiful. Uh, the Rambam Paskins and Hilcha is Tamidimu Musafin, Parak Zayin, Halacha Chafei. The Rambam, as we're all familiar with, he paskins that on Sfiras HaOmer we need to make a bracha. Says the Rambam, Mana v'loi bireich yatsa. If you counted and you didn't make a bracha, you're yotze. And not only are you yotze, ve'ino choizim avarach, you don't have to go back and make a bracha again. Now this um, statement of the Rambam is, uh, seems to be very difficult. And that is, the fact that the Rambam says we make a bracha, okay, that's part of the mitzvah. But why does the Rambam have to say that if you counted and you didn't make a bracha, you're yoytzei, of course you're yoytzei. We all know brachos enon ma'akvois. Blessings do not interfere with the performance of a mitzvah, even in the slightest way. We all know if somebody puts on palace and he doesn't make a bracha, yatsa. If someone wears tefillin and he doesn't make a bracha, yatsa. If you eat matzah and you don't make a bracha, yatsa. Why does the Rambam feel the need to specifically say by Sviras HaOmer that if you did the mitzvah and you didn't say a bracha, you're yotze? That is the question of Hagoin, Rav Moshe Shapiro, Zechatzak Levracha, one of the great Bali Machshava of the last generation. In uh, There are a number of Svarim now, from Rav Moshe Shapiro in Lashon HaKodesh, we have Afike Mayim, you have Shuvi Venechaza, you have many Sfarim in English now, and in the Sefer Afike Mayim on page Kufya Gimel, he is troubled, why does the Ramam have the need to tell us that if one does not make a bracha, they are Yoytse? Furthermore, why does the Ramam have to say that if you counted and you didn't make a bracha, you don't go back and make a bracha. Of course you don't go back and make a bracha. You're ready, you'd say the mitzvah. If you'd go back and make a bracha, it would be a bracha levatala. So that halacha also seems to be unnecessary and superfluous. So regarding that halacha, the Avudraham writes that, uh, and gives us an insight into why the Rambam perhaps had to say that if somebody counted and didn't make a bracha, they don't make a bracha again. And that is because that is not a unanimous view. Not everybody holds that if you count without a bracha, you don't make a bracha again. There is an opinion that you do go back and make the bracha again. For instance, the Tashbet says that you're allowed to make a bracha on Sfirah because Sfirah is only Drabanan and Sfirah Drabanan Lakula. But the Machser Vitri says, if you daven with the Tzibur, count without a bracha, Amiman of Shach, you say, if I remember in the na- at night, I'll count with a bracha. So I didn't say a bracha levatala. And if I forget, I already counted. But the Rambam says, no, if you counted, you can't go back and make a bracha. So you see from the Machs Vitri 
that you're allowed to count Sfiros Omer and then count later with the bracha. What do you mean? Why would you be allowed to count later with the bracha? You're already Yotzei the Mitzvah. So we understand why the Rambam has to go out of his way to say that if you counted without a bracha, you don't go and count with the bracha later because he's coming to uh, exclude the dissenting view that if you count without a bracha, you could count later with a bracha. But why is there such a dissenting view? Why would somebody say that if you already performed the mitzvah, you could go back and make the bracha later? Nobody would say if you ate matzah without a bracha, you could then go and eat matzah with a bracha. You're already yotzei the mitzvah. What would the logic of that be? Apparently, Rabbi Yisai, what we see is that the bracha of Sfiras HaOimer is different than the bracha for other mitzvahs. When it comes to the, to the bracha of other mitzvahs, the bracha is merely a blessing over the mitzvah. When it comes to Sfiras HaOimer, it seems that the bracha is part of the fulfillment of the mitzvah. And therefore the Rambam needs to tell us that even though the bracha of, of Sfiras HaOimer is part of the performance of the mitzvah, nevertheless, if you counted without a bracha, then you would still be Yoytzeh, the mitzvah. Furthermore, that is why the Rambam, that is why perhaps the Machser Vitri tells us that if somebody counted without a bracha, they could then go count with a bracha, because even though they counted, nevertheless, the bracha is not just a blessing over the mitzvah, the bracha is actually part of the performance of the mitzvah. So that's something we have to study and analyze why, when it comes to Sfiras HaOimer, is there this notion that making the bracha is part of the mitzvah, when it comes to any other mitzvah, making the bracha is not in any way part of the mitzvah? Why does it seem to have an element of Sfiras HaOimer that making the bracha is part of the mitzvah? By the way, here's another illustration of where we see that making a bracha is part of the performance of the mitzvah. The Magen Avram writes in Simon Tav Peites Sivkat and Hey. Now we know that how do we count Svira? We say Hayoim Yoim, Hayoim Yoim Echad La Oimer. Or today we say Hayoim Shnayim V'Yisrim Yoim Sheim Shloisha Shavuos V'Yoim Echad La Oimer. We say Hayoim today. Says the Magen Avram, don't say She Hayoim. That today. Saying that today implies that you're giving a reason. You know why I'm making a bracha now? Because Why? The reason I'm making a bracha is because that's not you're not making a bracha because there's no there's no reason. You're making a bracha because you're doing a mitzvah. Shehayoim implies a certain fusion between the bracha and the mitzvah. Likewise, the Taz says, don't say shehayoim, say hayoim. However, if you look in the Chayk Yaakov, the Chayk Yaakov says that the conclusion and consensus of the Achroinim is don't say shehayoim. However, says the Chayk Yaakov, the truth is someone who says shehayoim is not making a mistake. You have what to rely on, namely the Roikeach, the Tanya, the Maharal, and the meaning is, Shehayoim is a reason, you know why I'm making a bracha? Because today is uh, this and this day. So you see there is an idea, and there is a 
approach to the mitzvah of Sirius Oimer, that the bracha becomes part of the mitzvah, in contradistinction to all other mitzvahs where the bracha is not part of the mitzvah, when it comes to Sirius Oimer, the bracha is part of the mitzvah. Here's another idea that uh, to throw into the equation to help us understand this whole subject. The Gemara Megillah tells us at the end of Megillah, Rav Shem ben Elazar says, Ezra, Ezra of course was the Navi Malachi, he was Masakin for Klal Yisrael, that they should read the Toichacha of Tairas Kayanim, of Ayikra, of Bechul Kaisai, before Shavuos, and to read the Toichacha of Mishnah Torah, of Kisava, of Devarim, before Rosh Hashanah. Why? So Abaye says in some Seirish Lakish, so that the curses, so that the year ends together with its curses. So that when the year is coming to an end, as the year is going down the drain, the curses go down the drain. So as the new year approaches and Rosh Hashanah is coming and the previous year is ending, we lay in the Toichacha as if to say, let the year go down the drain together with the curses, the 98 curses of Kisavai. But at the end of, so the Gemara asks, I understand why we want to read the Teichacha before Rosh Hashanah as the year has just come to an end. But why do we have to read the Teichacha before Shavuos? Says the Gemara, because Shavuos is also a new year. Like the Mishnah says, uh, like the, On Shavuos we're judged on the fruits of the tree. So in, uh, before Shavuos is the end of the year, so to speak, so you want the year to come in at, to an end together with its curses. Now which curses do we read before Shavuos? B'chul Kaisai. How many Klalois are in B'chul Kaisai? 49 Klalois in B'chul Kaisai. How interesting, how significant that there are 49 curses in B'chul Kaisai. What is the significance of that? What is the reason for that? Why do we Davka have to read the 49 curses before the Yomtif of Shavuos. It almost seems like before we go into Yamtif, it is incumbent upon us to uh, make sure we read the 49 curses of Bechu Kaisai. Marvra the Gemara tells us in Yavama, Samach Be'ezum Be'ez, that there are 12,000 pairs of Talmidim for Rabbi Akiva. They extend them from Gavas until Antiparas. They all died at one time because they were in Loi Noagu and the world was desolate until Rabbi Akiva came to the sages of the south and he taught them. Who were they? Rav Meir, Rav Yehuda, Rav Yoisi, Rav Shimon, Rav Elazar ben Shamua. I saw an interesting uh, remez to this idea. Ishim, Ishim, Ishim stands for Eliezer, Yoisi, Shimon, Yehuda, Meir, Ishim. And says the Gemara, they all died. Um, they established the Torah at that time. Tano, we learned, They all died in the time frame between Pesach and Shavuos. They all died a horrific death. Mahi, what is that horrific death? Amar of Nachman, Askara. They all died in the Misa of Askara. So Rabbi Kiva had 24,000 students, which is a lot of Tamidim, and they all died at one time. They all died between Pesach and Shavuos. 
The number 24,000 is a very significant number. That is a number we find in Tanakh as well. And that is at the end of Parshas Balak, when the Bnei Yisrael were Mezaneh with the Bnei Smoyav, when the Bnei Shimon, led by Zimri ben Salu, Shlumia ben Suri Shaddai, was Mezaneh with Kazbi Basur. There was the plague, Vayiyu HaMeisim HaMagifa Arba'a V'Yasrim Aleph. 24,000 um, Yidin died in the plague in the times of the Benois Mayav. 24,000 students died at that time. What is the connection, if, if any, between the 24,000 students of Rabbi Akiva and the 24,000 students, the 24,000 Jews that died in the Magefa in the times of the Benois Mayav? So we've learned from the Megala Amukais, from the Ramami Pano, that there is some kind of mystical connection between the students of Rabbi Akiva and the Yidin from Shevet Shimon that died um, b'magefa. Uh, the Megala Mukais finds a connection between the 24,000 uh, residents of the city of Shechem who were slain. And, but at the end of the day, we do see that there is a connection between the, the students of Rabbi Akiva and those who were um, died b'magefa in the times of Zimri and Kazbi. What exactly is that connection? How were the students of Rabbi Akiva in any way a fulfillment, a tikkun, a, uh, a way to rectify what occurred in, to, the, to the Bnei Shimon in the times of Zimri and Kazbi in the Midbar when Kalyasol came out of Mitzrayim? Marv Rabbi say. I am here today to debunk a very great myth. I believe that most people think that Bilam came along and he tried to curse Kal Yisrael. And what happened? Instead of cursing us, what did he do? He blessed us, right? That's what they told you in Yeshiva. But they tricked you. They didn't tell you the truth. That never happened. It's not true. Bilam never tried to curse us and then bless us. He cursed us. The Gemara says there was only one curse of Bilam that turned into a blessing. All the other curses were uh, seemingly effective. The Gemara says in Sanhedrin, let's take a look on the sheet over here in number 16. The Gemara says, Amar Rabbi Yochanan, Mi rasha, lamed From the Blessing of that wicked man, we know what was in his heart. He wanted to say that we shouldn't have shuls. What did he say? He said, He wanted to say that the Shekhinah should not dwell among us. He said, He wanted to say that their Malchus should not extend. He said, He wanted to say they shouldn't have olives and grapes. He said, he wanted to say they shouldn't have a, a pleasant aroma. He said and said, And so on and so forth. Um, All the blessings that God switched from a curse to a blessing turned back to a curse. In other words, Bilam wanted to curse us. Hashem turned it to blessing and Bilam turned it back into a curse. Except for shuls. 
And the Almighty overturned the cursing to a blessing. It doesn't say the curses to a blessing, but the curse to a blessing. Only one curse was turned into a blessing. They all turned into a klala except for a bl- uh, except for one. Now, why did it happen that all the blessings of Bilam turned into a curse? That's because Bilam had a great idea. He told his people, God hates znos, elikeim shal elu zima. And this way, Bilam was successful in having the curses be effectuated on Klal Yisrael. But the shuls, the Batek Nesim, the Batek Medrash, remained in a, as a blessing, and Bilam cannot infringe on them. Okay. What is the connection between being Mizanne with Mayav and the ability to curse Klal Yisrael? After all, Bilam, all he wants us to do is uh, be Nichshal in Arayos. So why did he have to get Moabites? Why couldn't he get Japanese, North Koreans, Iranians, Syrians, Lebanese, Africans? Why Dafka, the Benois Mayav? Why only by being Mizana with the Benois Mayav would we, we be eligible for Klala? And that is, we now uncover a great secret. The Arizal tells us in Parshas Vayera and Rabin Bechaye as well in Parshas um, Devarim, in Sefer Devarim, that the numerical value of the word Mayav, Mem is 40, Vav is 6, Aleph is 1, Bez is 2, is 49. Mayav is Gematria 49. In fact, at the end of Moshe Rabbeinu's life, it says, Vayal Moshe Me'ar Vais Mayav. We know Moshe Rabbeinu was given 49 levels of wisdom like the Gemara says in Rosh Hashanah. Chamishim Sharei Bina Nivra Ba'olam. There are 50 gates of wisdom. V'kulam nitnu l'mayshe chaser achas. They're all given to Moshe except for one. Shenemar v'atichasreyu ma'ad me'eloikim. And you made him lacking a little bit of God. Moshe Rabbeinu had 49 levels of wisdom. But at the end of Moshe's life, Vayal Moshe me'arvois Mayav. Moshe went up from the plains of Mayav, from the level 49, El Har Nevoi to the level Nunboi. So Mayav represents 49. We know the Gemara says, Chazal tell us the Torah was given to Moshe Rabbeinu 49 ways Tame, 49 ways Tar, like it says, Vidigloi Olai Ahava. Vidigloi is Gematria 49. Why is the Torah given in a numeral of 49? We know the, the number seven is the number that encompasses the natural world. The world was created in seven days. But the entire gamut of all aspects of the natural world is represented by the number 49. 49 represents, so to speak, the full extent of existence. Litzad HaToiv 49 and Litzad Hara 49. Ultimate blessing 49. Ultimate Klala, 49. The way to get to Hashem, 49 levels of wisdom. The way to have the ultimate distance and period from Hashem, Moyav, 49 levels of Tumah. We know that who was the progenitor of Moyav? Light. Why was his name Light. The answer is light in Aramaic means curse. 
Light layit ale abaye. Or latusa. Light means curse. That is because light brought into the world the ultimate for, power of 49, the ultimate error, the ultimate curse. Namely, mayav. Mayav is the quintessential force of klala, of tumah. Therefore, if Bilam wants to be successful in having curse be effectuated on the Jewish people, if he gets us to be mezaneh with the Benoist Mayav, that would be the greatest attachment of klala and contamination to the Jewish people, as Mayav represents the ultimate force of klala. That was the plan of Bilam, and he was successful. So Bilam gets the Bnei Yisrael to be mezaneh with the Benoist Mayav, and then... Bilam is able to overturn all of the brachas to Klala. But the strange thing is that there's a very important person that comes from this Klala and comes from Light and comes from Mayav, namely David HaMelech. Why does David have to come from the quintessential force of Tuma and Arar? Says Moshe Shapira, because the job of Mashiach the Navi Tzifanya says, take a look at number 22. Tzifanya, Paragimah, Pasuk Tes. Ki az epoichelamim safavura likraichulam b'shem adoshem le'avidoshichem echad. Then I will overturn all the nations. The job of Mashiach is not to teach the truth, is to completely turn around every false and incorrect notion and turn it on its head. In fact, the Rambam writes in the censored edition of the writings of the Rambam that the reason why God allowed Christianity to spread to the whole world is because this way the world will have the ideas of Messiah, Mashiach, of God known, but they'll have a distorted view of it, and then when Mashiach comes, he doesn't have to teach them new information, he just has to, so to speak, modify and turn around what they already know to be true. That's the job of Mashiach. Mashiach is not to bring goodness into the world, it's to take the error and to transform it into Baruch. That's what the Pasuk says. So if David is Mashiach, David must come from Mayav. Mayav is 49, the quintessential force of Klala. That was the force that Bilam used to effectuate his Klalais, and therefore David must come from Mayav. In fact, the Shloss says a very amazing thing, that when Avram Avinu said to Light, the whole land is before you, he pared na me'alai, separate from me. He uses the Lashon of Pirod, he said, Either I go left, you go right, or vice versa. He says to Lloyd, why are you fighting over inheriting Eretz Yisrael? There's a time for everything. Right now, it's not the time to take possession of the land. You know when it will come time to take possession of the land? He pored at the time of Pirud, when Rus will hear from Naomi. He, when Nami will tell, well, when Rus will tell Nami, Ki Yafrid only death will separate us. When Rus clings to Nami, that then the Pirud will be over, then the land of Israel will be ours. So what Avram was telling was Light was he parad Nami Eli. It's not the time for the uh, possession of the land yet. We need to wait for the final Pirud of Ki Yafrid 
So he parad no me alai. So very interesting. So Lloyd is the father of Maya. It's a lushan of a curse. He brought the epitome of curse into the world. And therefore Mashiach comes from Lloyd because he will be Mahapech, the Klala Levracha. And therefore he has to have within him that seed of Klala and turn it around. And now we understand when Bilam was successful in getting the Benois Mayav to be Mazana with Klai, so that is when his Klalois took effect through the actions of Shevet Shemayin. Says Ramesha Shapiro, this gives us insight into a phenomenon we encounter in the Toichacha and Parshas Kisavai. The Pasuk says, Perik Chavzayin, Pasuk Chavdalet, Make Reyeu Basasa, one who hits his friends secretly. Says Rashi, this refers to Lashon Hara. Says Rashi, I saw in the Kuntras of Ramesha Hadarshan, there are 11 Arurim in Parshas B'chukhaisai, Keneged the 11 Shvatim. What do you mean the 11 Shvatim? There are 12 Shvatim. No, Shimon, it doesn't say Arur. So Rashi says from Ramesha Hadarshan, because Shimon doesn't get an Arur, because Yaakov never intended to bless him before he died when he blessed the other Shvatim, so he didn't want to curse him either. But says Ramesha Shapiro, according to what we're learning, we understand why it doesn't say Arur by Shimon. Because Shimon already got his Arur. When he was Mazana with Mayav, Mayav is 49, Toma, Arur. So Shimon already got his Arur. There's no corresponding Arur, Keneged Shimon, in the Toichacha. Marvara Aboisai says Ramesha Shapiro, now we understand the Eitzah of Bilam Harasha. He wanted to try to find the precise moment that Hashem is angry to be able to turn over Midas HaRachman to Midas Hadin. But then Hashem turned everything Lebracha. So Balak, Bilam had a great idea. If you want the Klala to effectuate, if you want it to take effect, you need Klaiso to attach to the ultimate source of Klala, namely Mayav. And therefore, now we understand why the, uh, the Shevet Shimon died because of Pa'ar, because the Klala of Bilam was Chal on them. And uh, as Rashi says later, that's why there's no Arur in the Teichacha against Shimon. Shimon already got his Arur in the times of Bilam. And this gives us an understanding of how the students of Rabbi Akiva correspond to the 24,000 student, um, members of Shevet Shimon. Why did the Yidin die in the times of Bilam? Because of the Klala of Bilam. They were Mazana, they attached themselves to Mayav, and therefore they were not able to overcome the Klala of Bilam. Now, let's talk about the following idea. What did Rabbi Kiva do for a living? Rabbi Akiva was a schlepper. He was a porter. Really? He, car- he carried suitcases. Whose suitcases did Rabbi Akiva carry? He carried the suitcases of Bar Koichva. Because Rabbi Akiva believed wholeheartedly that Bar Koichva was Mashiach. The Pasuk says, Erenu, I see Mashiach v'loi ata, but not now, Ashurenu. I gaze at him, v'loi karv, he's not close. Darach Koichav miyakov, a star shoots forth from Yaakov. Become Shevet Mi Yisrael and a rod from Israel. Umachatz Pa Mayav. He will cut off 
the governors of Moya Vikar Kar Kobaneshes. Marvra Abaisai. The Pasuk is telling us that in order for Mashiach to come, Mashiach has to overcome the forces of Mayav. David emanates, is extricated from Mayav, he overcomes the government of Mayav, and he could be the Mashiach. Rabbi Akiva believed wholeheartedly that Bar Koichva was Mashiach. The Yushalmi says in Tainus, Tani Rab Shim Ben Yachai, Akiva Rabbi Hayadarash, Rabbi Akiva Darshan, Darach Koichav Miyakov, Darach Koiziva Miyakov. Bar Koichva's name was um, Bar Koiziva, but he was called Koichav, he was like a star. Rabbi Akiva can have a chami bar koichva. Rabbi Akiva, when he saw bar koichva, have a amar, he would say, Dein have a malka mashiacha, this is the mashiach. Rabbi Yochanan ben Tairasa said to Akiva, grass will grow in your jaw before this guy's mashiach. But Rabbi Akiva really held that bar koichva was mashiach. So the question is, but we always paskin like Rabbi Akiva. So how did Rabbi Akiva get this wrong? And the answer is, says Ramosha Shapiro, Rabbi Akiva wasn't wrong. Rabbi Akiva was right. Rabbi Akiva held that Bar Koichel was Mashiach. Now, if he's Mashiach, that means he was able to overcome the 49 forces of Toma and overcome Mayav. But then, Rabbi Akiva's Talmidim, because they were Lainoagu Kavod so therefore, they so to speak, because of their Avera, Bar Kochva died, they killed Bar, Bar Kochva. Mashiach couldn't come. It's not that Rabbi Kiva was wrong. Rabbi Kiva was right. The problem was because of his Talmidim, so Bar Kochva had to die. By the way, Rabbi Moshe Shapiro says, now we have a deeper understanding of the Yemei Svira. The same way the Avelos of the three weeks mourns Churban Bayesheni, the Avelos of Svirus HaOimer mourns Churban Bayeshlishi. Bar Koichel would have come, he would have built the base HaMikdash, Mashiach would have been here, but because of the sin of the Tamid Rabbi Akiva, Bar Koichel's uh, plans and Hashem's plan of Bar Koichel being Mashiach was frustrated, so now Svira is the days of Avelos the same way, the three weeks are days of Avelos. The three weeks are days of mourning over Bayashani, and Svira is mourning over Churban Bayashlishi. In a way, Svira is more painful, more mournful than the than uh, the three weeks. So three weeks is crying over spilled milk in a way. But Svira is crying over what could have been. That means Svira Sa'imer is a Zaman which is dedicated to overcome the 49 powers of Klala of Mayav. And if it would have been, Bar Koichla would have been the Mashiach. And now we understand why the Tamida Rabbi Akiva died Dafka during this time of the year. Because these 49 days of Svira correspond to the days of overcoming the 49 powers of Klala of Mayav. In other words, the days between Pesach and Shavuos, these 49 days are 49 days to overcome the 49 Koichas Atuma of Mayav. And if we're successful in overcoming it, what's going to be on the 50th day? The birthday of Mashiach. Now we understand why we read Rus on Shavuos. Because the Avoidah of Svira is to overcome the 49 Koichas of Tumah, so that Mashiach could come on the Yom HaChamishim. And that's why Dovah HaMelech is born on the 50th day. It's not only a countdown to Gabos HaToyrah, it's countdown to Geula, countdown to Mashiach overcoming the forces of Tumah. But because the students of Rabbi Akiva, so to speak, 
did not rectify the sin of the Bnei Shemayin. The sin of the Bnei Shemayin was literally the curse of Mayav. So the Sunsa Rabbi Akiva did not rectify the curse of Mayav. So when is someone punished if they don't rectify the curse of Mayav? During the days of Mayav, the 49 days of Mayav, from Pesach to Shavuos. The 49 days from Pesach to Shavuos are the 49 days of overcoming the curse of Mayav. The Jews succumbed to the curse of Mayav by the 24,000 members of Shimon who died because of the Klala. That's why there's no Klala in the Teichacha for Shimon. The, the Talmud Rebbe Kiva had the opportunity to rectify that. They didn't, so they succumbed during the Yemei Svira. So that means these 49 days of Svira are designated to try to bring Bracha and overcome the Kayach HaKlala. By the way, I'll share with you one awesome idea from the Imre Yosef of Svinka. That's Mamish Begeder Ruach HaKodesh. The Gemara Sanhedrin says, Pebez Amabez, Amar Av Nachman, Amar Rav, Maidach Siv, what does it mean in Mishlei? Zarzer Masnaim Oitayash Umelech El Yakum Imoy. That before Pinchas stabbed Zimri, Zimri lived with Kazbi 424 Biyais that day. Dalid Meyos Ve'esim Ve'arba Be'ilois Ba'al Oisai Roisha Oisai Hayan. By the way, just want to point out, that's a lot. Zimri lived with Kazbi 424 times. <laughs> what in the world does that mean? Says Imre Yosef of Spinka, the same way, Machloin, Kilyoin, Naomi, we, they had a tradition that there was a Preda Toiva, a good dove, who would come out of Mayav, from which would come the Ima Shalmalchus and ultimately the Mashiach Shal Yisrael and the progenitor of Malchus based David. Zimri, a Nasi of Klal Yisrael, who was a great man in Abal Ruach HaKodesh, he also had a tradition that from Moyav would come a dove, a righteous woman from which Mashiach would be born. Zimri held that Cosby was the righteous dove, the Preda Toiva from Moyav who from her would come, be, she would be Ima Shamalchus, and from her would come Mashiach ben David. 424. <clears throat> Gematria Mashiach ben David, says the Spinka Rebbe. The intention of Zimri was to live with this woman from Mayav. Actually, you could ask, she was really from Midian. But it was under the auspices of the idea of together with the Benoist Mayav. And he held that from her would come the Ima Shamalchus and Mashiach ben David, 424 Mashiach ben David, the side of the Gemara that he lived with her 424 Be'ilois, is that's Gematria Mashiach ben David. Because the Avoida of the Bnei Shimon was to overcome the curse of Mayav, and the Bnei Shimon thought they were doing it, but they succumbed to the curse of Mayav. And the students of Rabbi Akiva were supposed to overcome, and Rabbi Akiva thought Bar Koichla was Mashiach, and he was going to be Mashiach, and he was going to overcome, but somehow, because they were Leinagu Kavad Zebazeh, they also fell into the Klala of Mayav, which is specifically this time of the year. Marvra Boisai, says of Moshe Shapiro, now we understand the Avoid of Sfirah. 
these 49 days are correspond to 49 days of curse, which is represented by Mayav. Is there any wonder then why before the Yom Tov of Shavuos, which Toichacha must we get out of the way, must we read before the Yom Tov of Shavuos approaches? The Gemara says in Megillah, Lamed Aleph, we have to read the Klalois, not of Mishnah Torah, but of Torah's Kayanim, of Vayikra, of Bechukaisai. How many Klalois in Bechukaisai? 49. Those are the Klalois represented by Moyov that we must overcome and get out of the way before the Yom Tov of Shavuos starts. And therefore the Avoida of Svira is to overcome the Klala of Moyov and ultimately to reach the day of Shavuos, which is the crescendo of overcoming Mayav with the birth of David HaMelech. Ah, oh, now we understand some of the lambdas of Sviras HaOimah. Comes the Rambam. And the Rambam understands that if the Avoida of Svira is to overcome the 49 powers of Klala of the Yemei Svira of Mayav, then the Bracha of Sviras HaOimah is not only a Birchas HaMitzvah, but it's to help us influence the Zman, that it should be overcome from a Zman of Klala, a Zman of the Tamide Rebbe Akiva succumbing to Klala Mayav and injecting it with Bracha, and therefore you would think the Bracha is part of the Mitzvah, and you would think, therefore, if you said, Hayoim Shnayim, the Yom Shem Shazhuvah, La Yatsa, so the Ramam says, even though, yes, when it comes to Svirah Sa'imer, the bracha is more fundamental than the bracha of other mitzvahs, nevertheless, if you don't make the bracha, still your yoytze, the mitzvah of Svirah Sa'imer. And that's why the Machzor Vitri says the Chidush, that if you counted Svirah Sa'imer without a bracha, you could go back and count with a bracha. What do you mean? You already yoytze the mitzvah. Nah, you weren't fully yoytze the mitzvah. Because the mitzvah is not just to say what day it is. It's to say the day and then overcome the klala latent in that day, the klala of Mayav, and inject it with bracha, the bracha of the anticipation for the Yom HaMishim, which is not only the day of Kabbalah HaTorah, but the Leda of David, the Leda of the ultimate overcoming the klala of Mayav. Says Moshe Shapiro, this gives us insight as well into the opinion cited in the Chayk Yaakov, and the Berhetev, so the Magen Avram and the Taseh, don't say, Baruch Atah Hashem, Lekenim Al-Chaylam, Asher Kedoshanu, B'Mitzvah Yisrael, Asher Yisrael, Shehayoyim, because today, because the blessing is a blessing, and the counting stands on its own. But now we understand, based on this approach of Rav Shapiro, that the blessing and the counting, so to speak, fuse together. It's not a regular blessing where you're making a Berchaz HaMitzvah, but the, the blessing infuses the day with, uh, with a quality of bracha. Because these days do have a capacity of klala. We want to get out of the way the 49 klala, so the toichacha of, 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 um, of Tairas Kayanim, the 49 klala, so the chukaisai. We want to inject bracha by every day, not just counting by saying the bracha. And that's why there's a shita, if you count without a bracha, you can count with a bracha. And therefore, there's a notion, there's an idea that when you count, you don't just say Hayoim Yoim, you say Shehayoim. And this gives us a different approach to the days of Svira. On the one hand, it's a very tenuous time. It's a dangerous time. 
It's a time that's latent with Klala, the Klala of Mayav, the Klala of Bilam, the Klala that helped that allowed the Klalos of Bilam to be effectuated. But it's also the Zman which is Masugal to overcome this Klala and to reach the ultimate crescendo, namely the Leda of David Amalek, which is on the Yamtif of Shuas. So we should be Zoycha to infuse all of these days with, with great bracha and great blessing and overcome all of the klala of the Memtes Shari Tuma of Moyav to reach the great day of the Leda of Mashiach Ben David Sheyavai Ben Herav Yamenu. Amen. Thanks everyone for listening. And uh, today we're restarting Igaris Ramban at 5 p.m. Blineder. So please join us then. And uh, until next time, have a great day. Shkayach.